God is faithful. That's who he is. He can't help but be faithful because that's who he is. He'll never let you down. You know, Christians go through about the same things as non-Christians go through in life. I wish I could tell you that if you become a Christ follower, you'll never have any more problems on this earth. Everything will be smooth sailing, but but that's not the truth. I've got to tell you the truth that Christians and non-Christians go through about the same things in life. Everyone goes through pain and heartache and trials. Everyone has problems. Everyone feels overwhelmed at times. Christians and non-Christians go through about the same things, but there's one big difference. If you're a Christ follower, you will never have to walk through anything alone. He will be faithful to go with you wherever you go. He will go through every dark tunnel. He will walk through every hill and valley with you. He'll never leave you. He's always faithful, and he's faithful to speak to you today. I don't care where you're at. Maybe you're worshiping online on the other side of the world, or you're right in front of me in what I call the splash zone because I kind of spit, you know, when I, when I get really excited. Sorry, guys. Or maybe you're at the Atascacita campus. I don't know where you're at, but God knows, and he's got a word for you today. So let's pray to him and ask him to speak to our hearts in such a way that it changes our lives because when you come to know Christ and you know that he's with you wherever you go, And he's going to give you the power to make it through. And he's going to do miracles in your life. And he's going to bless and strengthen you. It makes all the difference. So God, we come before you today and we thank you that even though we all go through problems and and difficulties and we all face walls and barriers in our lives, that you're right there to make all the difference, to knock down that wall. And you'll never leave us. So speak to us in the next few moments in a way that changes our lives. And we thank you that your word is life-changing. Help us put it into our lives so it makes all the difference. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. We started a series a couple of weeks ago where I'm sharing five of the most important things that Chris and I have learned from God over the years. And unfortunately, God has to keep teaching us these truths over and over again. We forget them all the time. You see, these principles are all through Scripture. But I know for me, it's taking the ups and downs of life to really wake me up to them. And sometimes it feels like I see them for the first time. Now, my grandkids call me Bapa. It's a long story of how that name came about, so I don't want to get into that. But one of my grandsons, Lincoln, who's four years old, and he loves to play with his bupa. But one day last week, while our whole family was on a little weekend break to the hill country, we rented an Airbnb, and I got to hang around with all of my grandkids all weekend. And, but one day last week, Lincoln looked up at me. He paused for a moment, and he said, Bupa, where did all your hair go? And I said, it left me a long time ago, kid, but thank you for reminding me. I think that could be a country song. My hair left me and took my pride with it, you know? I've got a lot of country song ideas. And everyone in the family laughed, so Lincoln noticed that he was noticed, so he kept saying that to me the rest of the weekend. Just watch. My hair, what? I love my hair. 
He just kept doing that over and over again. Where'd your hair go, Papa? So he's probably going to do that for the next few years, and I really appreciate that. But it was as if Lincoln looked at me for the first time. It just dawned on him that all my hair was gone. And as I grow in the Lord and experience more of life, it's as if I see these truths that were always staring me in the face for the first time. Now, I've been calling this series Five Things I Want My Kids to Remember Forever because these are five things I want to pass on to my adult kids and on to my grandchildren because they've made all the difference in my life. But this week, Chris said, really, these are five things God wants all his kids to remember. And so I thought, yeah, that's true. So I stole the title from her, and I'm changing the title of this series to Five Things God Wants All His Kids to Know, because I can do that. It's my right. So, And today, we're going to look at one of the most important things God wants all of us to remember in life. Don't bail before the blessing. Don't bail before the blessing. Don't give up before God shows up. And we're going to look at one of the greatest miracles in the Old Testament. It's the Battle of Jericho, when God calls the great walls to fall. And it's a powerful example of not walking away before the walls fall. So let's look at Joshua chapter 6. Would you stand in honor of God's word? It says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men, Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. You can be seated. Now, I want you to see right away some things about walls, because if you don't understand these things, you're going to bail before the blessing comes. And the first thing you need to know is barriers always come before the blessing. If you don't understand this, then you'll let the barrier you're facing steal your blessing. Now, the battle of Jericho was the first battle the people of Israel fought after they entered the promised land. They'd been in the desert for 40 years, and finally, they get into the promised land, and they're thinking, we made it. We made it out of the desert. We're in the promised land. It's going to be great. But they quickly discover that the promised land doesn't mean the problem-free land. You see, the promised land wasn't the perfect land because there were problems. They walk into the promised land, and the first thing they see is a seemingly insurmountable wall. Now just put yourself in their shoes for a moment. They've just entered the promised land, and it's a party. They're saying, look what God has done. It's amazing. It's gonna be wonderful from here on out. We're not in that desert anymore. Now they know they'll have to fight some battles ahead, but it shouldn't be any problem. Then the first thing they face is this enormous wall. And I'm sure they're thinking, I knew we'd have to fight some battles, but I could die climbing this wall. Not to mention the archers on top of the wall that are going to use me for target practice. And those guys up there with the hot oil, the boiling oil, I wasn't really thinking I'd be facing that. They're expecting great blessings, but instead they hit a barrier. Can you imagine what they're feeling? 
they had to have gone from great confidence to overwhelming fear. They weren't expecting the barrier to come before the blessing. They thought that they were walking right into the blessing. And the reason we start to lose hope and want to bail before God comes through is because we don't realize the barrier always comes before the blessing. Did you know the population of Jericho was really small? It was no match for the Israelites. They had a small population, but a tall wall. But all the Israelites saw was the wall. They didn't know what was on the other side of the wall. And walls block perspective. It's really hard to see what God is up to when you face a wall. We can't see what's on the other side of the wall. We start to doubt God. We start to lose hope. We start to wonder, is there really a blessing on the other side of the wall? Because all we see is the wall, so we start to lose perspective. And some of you today have started to lose perspective because you've hit a wall. Maybe it's a wall of worry because of a financial problem or a health problem that's just overwhelming. Or maybe it's a wall of depression or a wall of grief and you feel like the weight of the wall is crushing you. Or you've hit a wall in your marriage and you're about to throw in the towel. Or you've hit a wall in your workplace and you're thinking, I've got to find a job that has no problems, but the problem is you can't get away from walls in life. You see, you're just too close to the wall right now. All you can see is the barrier in front of your face, and you don't realize the blessing is just on the other side of the wall. The blessing is just within inches of where you're at. And that's when you pray and you ask God to give you perspective to see behind the wall a little bit. You ask God to give you perspective to see how great he is, and the wall is really small compared to the greatness of God. I love this passage in Jeremiah chapter 32. God says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? God is saying, no wall is too tall for me. Pray to me because you get what you pray for. So this week, pray for God to give you perspective and pray for God to knock down that wall. Now let's get back to Joshua. Look at chapter or verse one. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. So the Bible says that the gates of Jericho were securely barred and locked. The city was on lockdown. And I'm sure when the Israelites came up and saw this huge wall, the next thing they looked at was the door. They looked at the doors in the wall, hoping they could get through the gate somehow, but they saw that the doors were shut, locked, and barred. And locked doors make us feel like we're locked out of God's blessing. Have you ever felt like God gave you a promise and you're praying, you're believing that promise is going to come true, knowing that God gave you that promise and you're praying for a miracle, then all of a sudden, the door gets slammed in your face. The door gets shut and locked and barred. What do you do? Don't stop praying just because a door gets shut in front of you. You see, the city was on lockdown, but why was the city on lockdown? The scripture says because the people of Jericho were afraid of the Israelites. Jericho was just a little city, and there weren't many people inside the city walls. It's just the walls were huge, and all the people were fearful of the Israelites. 
God had put this fear in their hearts, and so they knew that the wall was their last stand. They knew that that wall was getting ready to go, and they knew the Israelites were getting ready to come through, and it was their last stand. And sometimes a door is locked because Satan is trembling in his boots, and he knows it's his last stand to keep you from possessing the promise that God has given you. And he knows he's on his last leg, and he knows that all you have to do is take another step, and that wall is going to fall. And maybe you're filled with fear because you see the wall, but that wall and that locked door may not be from God at all. It may be Satan trying to keep you from possessing the promise that God has given you. So you keep praying and you keep knocking till the door falls down. Look at Isaiah 22, 22. When he, God, opens doors, no one will be able to close them. When he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. So when God closes the door, no human can open it. But when God wants a door open, no human can keep it shut. God will blow the door open. People may close the door on you, but if God wants to open the door in your life, he'll knock the door down. And so you wanna make sure when you're praying that you don't stop praying just because you get a door slammed in your face. Just because the door is locked doesn't mean that you're locked out from God's blessing. You keep praying. Now, I know that sometimes God uses shut doors to redirect us. He's done that in my life for sure. Where I thought I was supposed to walk through a certain door, it got slammed in my face. I kept praying, but God used it to redirect me to the door he wanted me to go through. But I think many times we stop praying when God wants to knock the door down so that we can possess the promise that he has for us. You see, it's just part of the pathway to blessing. But walls look like problems that shouldn't be on our path. I mean, you think the first place that the people of Israel would have gone once they get out of the wilderness and they walk right into the promised land would be maybe a little village of friendly people that would be really hospitable to them, like Texans. You know, you'd think there'd be people to welcome them to the promised land. They go, howdy, y'all, come on in. Have some barbecue. We're having a big barbecue today. Just sit down and relax and have some sweet tea. It's going to be okay. It's the promised land. By the way, Texas is the promised land, so it just fits. If you're from another state, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not really. If you're watching online, get here as fast as you can. Quick, you better hurry. But finally, they arrive in the promised land, and the first thing they hit is a wall. And sometimes we're following God, we're praying, we're going down God's path, and we hit a wall, and we're like, huh? God, this doesn't make any sense. Wait a minute, God, I must be out of your will. I must have taken the wrong path because there's a wall, there's a door that's shut and locked and barred. God, I'm doing all the things you call me to do, and because I'm following your path, that means everything should be smooth sailing, and the path should be clear. Everything should be perfect. It's the promised land. And then I hit this wall? This makes no sense. And we give up praying. It's like, God, I'm doing everything right, and then boom, this happens, and we think that either we're out of God's will or God doesn't know what he's doing. And either way, we bail before the blessing. But you need to know, walls are just part of the pathway to blessing. Walls are just part of God's plan for your life. Walls are just part of the path that God has you on. Why? Because walls cause us to fall. 
when everything's going great and I'm going down God's path and, and I'm seeing blessings and miracles in my life, then I hit a wall and it causes me to fall, either on my knees or on my face, and usually I fall on my face first, but then I'm learning to get to my knees quicker and turn to God. I have to admit, as your pastor, without walls, I would never pray. I mean, if everything was always perfect in my life, then I wouldn't be drawn to get on my knees and say, God, I need you. I need a miracle. I need you to knock down this wall. I don't know what to do. God, I need you to open this door that slammed in my face and is locked and barred. It's the walls that teach you to walk in faith. Without walls, we would never learn to walk in faith. We would never learn that God is faithful. We would never learn how much he loves us. The Israelites kept walking in faith around the walls because the wall was there. Now, they obeyed God, they trusted God, they walked around the walls, but they would have never walked around the walls and trusted God if the wall hadn't been there. They would have just walked right into Jericho if the wall wasn't there, and they would have thought, look at us, we're a great army. But God taught them to trust him, to depend on him, to get to know him. And it's the walls that are insurmountable in our own strength that teach us to trust God. So what do I do to make sure I don't bail before the blessing when I hit a wall? First, step in faith to possess the promise. You gotta take a step in faith to possess the promise that God has given you. Let's look at verse two of Joshua six. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Now, notice God says, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. He doesn't say, I'm going to deliver Jericho into your hands. God says, it's a done deal. He says, hey, Joshua, I just want you to know, this Jericho thing and this big wall, don't worry about it. I've already taken care of it. I've already won the battle for you. It's over. It's done. God tells Joshua, because of my power, that wall has already fallen. But Joshua looks up and he sees a wall. God gives Joshua the promise that he has already given him the victory, but then Joshua had to step in faith to possess the promise. Just because God promises me something doesn't mean I possess it. I have to trust God enough to take a step of faith to possess what God has promised. God always works this way. You see it all through scripture, even in Joshua's life. Before he entered the promised land, God gave him a promise. He said, every place where you set your foot in this promised land will be yours. Every place will be yours. The land is yours. But what did God tell Joshua he had to do to possess it? Step out and put his foot there. He had to take another step of faith and another step of faith and another step of faith in every step of faith, God gave him the land. Sometimes he had to fight an enemy army when he took that step, but God would give him the victory, but not before the step. That's the way God always works. God gives us the promise that he will supply all our needs according to his riches. He says, every one of your needs are met. I've taken care of every one of your financial needs. If you take a step of faith and obey me and tithe to put me first in your finances. God promises that, he'll, that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. But sometimes it feels like I don't have the strength for the next step. 
but God says, if you take that next step, I'll give you the strength. Once you take the step, I'll give you the strength. You've got to start taking the step, and I will do all things through you. I will strengthen you to face everything that you have to face in life. Don't stop before you step into the promise. I really think when we get to heaven, we're going to see all these blessings beautifully wrapped with our names on them. Blessings that God was just waiting to give you. Blessings that already had your name on them, but you never possessed them. You stop stepping in faith and you stop the blessing. Don't stop stepping in faith just because you don't understand what God is asking you to do completely. Just because you don't understand what God has said, you just do it anyway. Don't stop stepping in faith just because it gets hard. Joshua had to step into battles with the enemy and trust that God would give them the victory. And our enemy, Satan, just doesn't lay down and let you have everything God wants to give you. You've got to take steps of faith and God will fight for you. Well, God says, Joshua, the battle is already won. But Joshua looks up and all he can see is a wall. Now, here's the question. What do you do when what you see in front of you doesn't line up with what God has said to you? I mean, let's get real this morning. There are times when God says, hey, I'm gonna do this. It's already done. But I look out, and what I'm seeing doesn't line up at all with what God is saying. What do you do when what you see in front of you doesn't line up with what God has said to you? When God has said, I'll fill you with joy, but you're filled with a debilitating depression that you can't seem to find your way out of. What do you do when God says, you have my peace that goes beyond understanding, but all you feel is an overwhelming anxiety that you can't seem to get rid of? I mean, what do you do when God says, I've given you the victory, but you look around and all you see is defeat? When God says, I've given you wonders, but all you can see are walls, what do you do when what you see doesn't line up with what God has said to you? And that's gonna happen at times. And that's usually when we bail right before the blessing. What do you do? You just take another step in faith. And then you take another step in faith until you possess the promise. You keep praying in faith because God is building your faith. Don't bail before the blessing. God's just building your faith so you can learn to trust him. So the first thing that you do is step in faith to possess what God has promised you. But there's a second thing you have to do. You gotta stay in faith. You step in faith and then you stay in faith when you don't see any progress. You've gotta stay in faith and keep trusting even when you can't see what God is up to. In Joshua chapter six, verse seven, it says, and he ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. At this time, the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. 
You see, the Israelites marched around the city one time. They're blowing trumpets. They're in this huge processional, all this great fanfare. I can't imagine what the people of Jericho thought about it when they looked over the wall and saw this huge army marching around blowing trumpets. Probably took them about an hour, knowing how big Jericho was at that time. An hour to get all the way around that wall one time. And then after all this, Joshua says, okay, everybody, go back to your tent. Nothing has happened. And they do this for six more days, and then on the seventh day, they march around the city six times, and still nothing has happened. They have nothing to show for it. They haven't seen any progress. Now, if I had been God, here's the way I would have done it, and I think this is a really good way to motivate people. The way I would have done it is, after they walked around the city the first time, I would have had a few bricks on top, knocked off. I would have made a few bricks fall off the top just to keep them motivated. And that's how you motivate people. They need to see some progress. And the next day I would have had, as they walked around the city, four or five feet of bricks just fall off suddenly. And they'd go, whoo, did you see what happened today? I can't wait to get up in the morning. I'm so motivated to get right back in and march around again because we're seeing progress. God is working. Man, I love walking around the walls because those walls just keep falling. I'm telling you, it's not gonna take much more and everything's gonna fall down. We're going to win the battle. Now that would motivate them, right? But fortunately, I'm not God. God did it a different way and God knows better than I do and they kept walking and walking and walking and walking and they hadn't seen one brick fall. So what do you do when you're praying for a miracle and you don't see any progress? You're circling around that problem. And some of you have been circling around that broken heart, that hurt, those damaged emotions in your life, circling around, praying and praying, and it's not getting any better. And some of you have been circling around that marriage problem over and over again, and it's still the same. Some of you have been praying for one of your kids who's going the wrong direction, and they haven't turned around. What do you do when you're praying for a miracle and things get worse? What do you do? You stay in faith. You stay in faith, leaving the results to God. Hey, by the way, when progress is not obvious, it doesn't mean that God's not working. Sometimes you can't see anything happening to the wall in front of you, but something's happening inside you. God is changing you. Sometimes he changes the circumstances in your life, and sometimes he changes you through the circumstance. God is preparing you for the wall to fall. God is drawing you closer to himself. It's the pain of the wall not falling that draws you closer to his presence. And you're finding out what real joy is and real peace is and real victory is. It's being able to walk in faith, not by sight. What happens when you're praying for something and then it gets worse? Do you give up? Usually we do. Usually we bail. And I wish I could tell you I never bail. But there have been many times in my life where I bailed just before the blessing. But there have been many times in my life where I've stayed. I've stayed in faith and received the blessing. Real maturity is staying in faith and refusing to bail in spite of the results and leaving the results to God. You have to pray for the blessing and stay for the blessing. But we get so impatient and we don't stay for the blessing. My friend Andreas Nielsen says, in life, you get what you pray for and you get what you stay for. 
I feel like so many people planting or planting seed in the ground, but they give up before the harvest. They plant, but they never harvest the blessing. You have to plant yourself for the long haul. You see, most of our goals are way too small and we want them way too soon. But God's dream for your life will be way bigger and will take a whole lot longer. If you ever expect to harvest God's blessings in your life, you've got to plant yourself for the long haul. You've got to dream bigger and stay longer. That's been one of the secrets of Woodland Church. We started with a big dream from God that we couldn't do. But it happens one step at a time as you stay at it. Stepping in faith, watching God work miracles. When God called Chris and I to step out in faith and plant Woodland Church, we knew God would have to do it. But we committed to God that we would stay and never bail. That we would just stay week after week after week and obey God, knowing that he was gonna do something great. We wrote down that vision from God that was beyond anything we could ever imagine that God would have to do, but we said, God, it's in your time. And so all we have to do is not do something big and great for you. All we have to do is take steps of faith so you can do something big and great in us and through us. We just stayed. You just stay for the long haul. And this fall, we celebrate 30 years as a church family. And God has done so many miracles over time as we prayed and stayed. And now we're believing God for more than we ever have at Willens Church. We're stretching in faith to reach Houston and the world with the love of Christ. And I thank God for your faith, Willens Church, as we're starting a new campus in downtown Houston. And it's been amazing how God is working this out. And, and now we're starting this building process. And we're stretching in faith more than ever because you are the most faith-filled visionary church. You are the most faithful people. And that's why God is using you to change the world because you pray for God to do great things in your lives and in our church, and you stay and trust him to do it. And I wanna say... If you haven't joined a church in this area, there are a lot of good churches, but we'd love to have you here because if you want to be in a church that challenges you to really become all that God has called you to be, to step in faith and to stay in faith and receive the blessings that God has for you, you need to join this church. And we have our membership class today at one o'clock and, and we would love for you to be a part of it. It's really fun. That's how you join Will and Church. It goes from one to three. If you haven't signed up, then just come on. We've got extra food and childcare. It's all taken care of. But I want to share with you this promise in the book of Habakkuk, chapter two, verse three. It's one of my favorite in all the Bible. I just believe somebody needs this today. Somebody who's waiting on God and you're tempted to bail. God has a promise for you today. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. God's vision will be fulfilled in your life, and it's bigger and greater than you can imagine, so stay for it one day at a time, taking steps of faith. Don't bail before the blessing because I know some of you are waiting on God right now. 
but God is already moving, God is working, and he's gonna come through, and it will not be overdue a single day. He will not be late one second. It'll be at just the right time if you stay in faith. Step in faith, stay in faith. And the third thing is keep walking in faith until the walls fall. Now it's interesting that Joshua never tells the people what God told him specifically. He tells them how to walk around the walls, but he never tells them, hey, by the way, on the seventh day, on the seventh lap, the walls are gonna fall down, so just hang in there. It's gonna be okay, just hang in there. He never tells them that. I don't know why he didn't tell them that. Maybe it was because he wanted them to learn to follow him, knowing that he was following God. And God was definitely teaching Joshua how to follow him, no matter what the results were. And so the people didn't know that the walls were going to fall on that seventh lap. They walked around the wall for six days. Then on the seventh day, they took six more laps and still hadn't seen one brick fall from the wall. And I just wonder, what if they've gotten frustrated at Joshua and at God? What if they would have stopped on the sixth lap? What if they had gone through all that just to bail before the blessing? And that's what some of us do. Some of you are on the sixth lap and you're about to give up when the blessing is on the next lap. Don't bail on the sixth lap. Keep walking in faith and take the next lap, expecting the walls to fall. God doesn't tell us when we're on the final lap before the blessing. We just have to keep walking in faith. Keep walking in faith, knowing that the wall will fall. And some of you are giving up in the miracles on the seventh time. It's the next lap. Don't give up on the sixth lap. Don't stop on six. You keep walking in faith. Take the next lap, expecting the walls to fall. And one day, they will. You don't know when you're on the last lap before the blessing. God doesn't tell us when we're on the lap of blessing. We just have to keep walking in faith. And by the way, the number six always symbolizes in the Bible man's number. Imperfect, broken, sinful man. That's why 666 is the mark of the beast. Six is always used as the imperfect number, but seven is always God's number, the perfect number, seven. So they didn't know they were on the perfect number as they walked around. That was the number the walls would fall, and we don't know when it's the perfect number, the seventh lap that we're on. We don't know. This next lap may be the lap where the walls fall in your life, so don't you dare give up before the seventh lap. Keep walking. Keep walking in faith. Keep walking in faith. That's all we've got to do is keep walking in faith regardless of the results and leave the results to God and expect him to knock down that wall. I want us to stand for this last verse just as we stood for the first verse. Book ends here. In honor of God's word in Joshua 6 verse 14, it says, so on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the walls came tumbling down. The Lord has given you the city. I don't know what the city is, that you're facing. I don't know what the wall is, but the Lord has given it to you. So we have to step out to possess the promise. Just a step of faith and a step of faith and a step of faith. And then you've got to stay 
to receive the promise. We get so impatient. We want things instantly. We have these big visions, we want them right away. But our vision is not big enough, not God's vision, and we have to stay for that vision to be fulfilled. You gotta keep walking in faith. I believe the Lord has given us the city of Houston, Will and Church, as we connect with other amazing churches in the city and do ministry together, especially those churches in the historic Fifth Ward where our campus nestles up to. I believe with all my heart, God has given us the city, but we gotta step in faith and possess it. Don't stop on the sixth lap. What do you do when you've gone around six times and you haven't seen any results? You keep walking in faith, 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 and when you can't walk anymore, you crawl in faith. You keep trusting God. You keep reaching out because he is right there and he's gonna knock that wall down. Don't quit before the seventh lap. Don't bail before the blessing. Oh, I hope you remember that. Studies show that we forget everything that a preacher has talked about within 72 hours. I know that's true, and that is one of the most disheartening statistics for a pastor. I know it's true because I forget what I preached on, so I know it's true. (laughs) But don't you dare forget this one. Don't bail before the blessing. You turn to two people around and say, don't bail before the blessing. Don't you dare bail before the blessing. Don't you dare bail before the blessing. It's coming, it's coming. I want us to bow and pray, and God, I know that so many of us are facing walls that just seem insurmountable, and I I know what I preach today is truth, but I know that so many believe your truth, but then they look up and they see something different from what you're saying, and we all, Lord, at times start to lose hope. We know what you say is true, but then we say, Lord, is it really true? when what we see doesn't line up with what you say, but Lord, we know that's just a time where you wanna grow our faith and teach us to trust you and regardless of the results and you wanna grow our character. You wanna do something inside us to get us ready for the wall to fall. And so Lord, I pray for everyone today that's facing a wall that seems insurmountable that you would just help every one of us take steps of faith to possess the promise to Take a step to obey you before we see you come through. And then, Lord, help us to stay for the blessing, to pray for the blessing and stay for the blessing, to realize that it's just one step at a time. And then, Lord, don't let us quit on the sixth lap. And I know there's so many listening to the sound of my voice that they're getting ready to start the seventh lap, but they're also getting ready to quit. They feel like it's never gonna happen. And they don't realize that the blessing is on this lap. This is the perfect lap, and you're going to do it, Lord. And we don't know when that perfect lap will be, but we know it's coming. So, Lord, help us keep walking till the walls fall, just to keep walking. And, Lord, you're the only one that can give us the power to do that. So I pray that you give us perspective to see that no wall is too tall for you. And that you this week, Lord, would knock down walls that we can never knock down so that we can see that you're real and that you love us. And Lord, if you don't knock the wall down this week, let us see that you're real by holding us up to take the next step and giving us the strength to never bail before the blessing. And I pray for those who've never received you in their life, Lord, 
they've been walking without you and they know it just doesn't work. Lord, I just pray they'd say this prayer in the silence of their heart right now in this moment. Jesus Christ, I need you to save me. I can't save myself. I've sinned. I'm imperfect like everyone else. So I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and thank you for dying on the cross for me and Thank you that you're alive and you rose from the grave. Fill my life with your Holy Spirit. Just help me take steps of faith now to walk in you, to grow in you. I accept your free gift of heaven one day. Be the Lord in my life from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed to receive Christ, he's in your life. He'll never leave you. Now you gotta take steps of faith. Maybe it's join the membership class. You know, today would be a good step of faith to take. Take those steps of faith and you watch God bless because obedience brings blessing. You know, I said at the very beginning that we all go through a lot of the same things in life, but if you're a Christ follower, you'll never have to walk through anything alone. He'll be there to give you his power and his strength to knock down walls for you. There's nothing you'll have to go through where you walk through it alone. You will never walk alone. And I'm telling you, when you're going through the fire, he'll be with you. When you're going through the flood, he will be with you and he will get you through. Did you know all through the Old Testament, Jesus is mentioned? And most folks don't realize that. Remember when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown into the fiery furnace for standing for God? And then the king looked in and he said, wait a minute, I threw three in, but now I see four. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. He was right, it was the son of God, Jesus Christ, right there in the fire. And you see him through every book of the Bible, you see Jesus in every book of the Bible show up just like he shows up for us. So don't give up before God shows up. He's in the fire with you, he's in the flood with you. He will never leave you. And let's sing that to him right now. As we close, let's let this be our benediction, our commitment, that we're gonna trust him in the fire and in the flood because he's right there with us. Do you believe that, Woodland Church? Let's just affirm that. Thank God, and let's sing. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodland Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodland Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.